been on a, on a, on a series and uh, for the last number of weeks I haven't been there. In fact, I started a series on prayer uh, back the first of the year and because I felt like prayer would be the foundation for everything that God would do in us and then through us. I mean, really from here on and, uh, and boy, so all this happens, you know, but um, I've taken a few Sundays since, uh, since this corona thing erupted and talked about different things just to help us along. The last time I talked on prayer was March 15th. We're going to get back to it today. Just, but just as a reminder, everything I'm about to say is on our website. If you're new or you miss one of these, go on our website and you can go to our message, the place where we have our sermons, our messages, and, uh, and you can, you can uh, listen to them or, or you can watch them as well. The notes are there as well. March 22nd, I talked about seven things uh, we should remind ourselves of during hard times, and, uh, and uh, that would be helpful. March 29th, um, t- I talked about the title was Getting Your Ducks in a Row. I mean, Jesus is coming back. There are just some things that we need to be aware of personally. Uh, April 5th, um, I talked about the fact that uh, spiritually, as Christians, how many know we live in the land of Goshen? And uh, that's the place that God put the Israelites in Egypt when they were there, and God took care of them even through times of difficulty when some plagues came uh, as judgment came on Egypt, they were spared. So we talked about that. We live in the land of Goshen and God takes care of us. April 12th was Easter. We talked about heaven's view of Jesus' death and resurrection. If you weren't here for any of that, you can look at that online. And then last Sunday, an unusual thing happens. You know, honestly, it ought to happen every now and then if the Holy Spirit's manifesting. And I think this is what's going to be happening in the church. It's not going to happen every time we get together because, listen, God honors his word. And you never, listen, you never put the Holy Spirit above the word. And I see a trend. Listen, I see a trend now. People are so wanting to hear from God. They want to hear anybody that's got a word from the Lord. Guess what? You've already got a word from the Lord. It's called your Bible. Read your Bible. Believe what he says. That's the reason I preach the word. He didn't say go prophesy to all nations. He didn't say go move in the Holy Spirit to all nations. He said preach the gospel to every creature. And I included in that is a moving of the Spirit. So last Sunday, the Holy Spirit, in fact, when I walked up here, it felt like I I stepped into something. And I never planned one word I said, and it was spontaneous. Thank God for those times. And I hope that ministered life as a time of exhortation and ministry. But today I just feel the impression that, get back to the word, Mitch. It's time to preach the word. So we're going to get back to that. So uh, today we're going to resume the, uh, <clears throat> the series I've been teaching on prayer. And uh, we've talked about the importance of prayer. I've taken, this is actually lesson number 10. First couple of lessons we talked about Jesus' prayer life and how he prayed. And the fact that he went in detail. Sometimes he spent the whole night in prayer. And he prayed, uh, he prayed out what he was doing the next day. And, and in my life, and I, I want to encourage you to do this. Before you do anything, pray. You know, if you know you got to, you know, when things get back to normal, you got a trip, you've got an engagement here, you're doing this. Whatever you're doing, make sure you pray about it before you do it. And you know, you can pray about things weeks ahead. Listen, what if you prayed about things months ahead and got God already working on the scene of whatever you're dealing with? I'm telling you, it'll make a huge difference in your life. Don't leave any stone unturned in your personal life when it comes to praying. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer causes God to be able to work in our affairs. Otherwise, he's a bit hindered. We took three weeks 
in this series, week two, week three, and week four, and I talked in detail about why we must pray. Most people don't realize that we live in a fallen world where because of Adam and Eve's sin, they gave, they gave God's arch enemy, Satan, legal permission to kill, steal, and destroy. He is, by, uh, Paul called him the God of this age. He's got a legal right to hinder and mess up for a period of time. That's why Jesus is coming back to kick him out of here. Well, aren't you glad that he's coming? Until then, we must assert our authority. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And he spoke that as the representative man. And he's, then he said, he looked at his disciples and said, go therefore. And that means the same authority that Jesus said he had, he gave it to us when he said, go therefore. You have authority and you have to exercise uh, your spiritual authority in prayer so that God can come and move in your life, in your circumstances, in your community, in your state, your nation, your world. He's looking for us to pray. God can only move, someone said, except through the prayers of the church. So, you know, I take that real seriously for me. And, you know, I pray, I name every one of my family members every single day. I, I never, honest, I don't miss a day. I've been doing it for years and years and years. Uh, because God spoke to me to do it. And I make sure I cover all the bases. I pray for our church family every single day. I'm asking God to do things constantly. Why? Because he's a, he said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. So don't quit doing that, guys. You want things to change? Get to praying. And God will do something big. So I feel like preaching, but I'm going to get back to this. Nonetheless, uh, um, then we started a... a uh, another part of this series and started talking about uh, uh, eight different kinds of prayer. Most people just think prayer is prayer and pray the same regardless of the kind of prayer they're praying. I found eight different kinds of prayer in the Bible. There may be more, um, but I, I want to talk about at least eight and they're different rules. So in my mind, you know, if you think about sports, how many miss sports activities? Maybe that's one of the things God was wanting to wean us from. Maybe we're too concerned about, you know, who's making the team or what the team's doing. More concerned about the, that than the things of God. Well, maybe he's putting a balance into it. I don't know. Anyway, you think about sports, you know. You wouldn't dare uh, play football with basketball rules. Or I play tennis. You wouldn't play tennis with bowling rules. It wouldn't work. It's stupid and facetious to think of it that way. But we do that with spiritual things, and sometimes we do that with prayer. So if you think about it in those terms, uh, Ephesians 6, 18, New International Version, says pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. See, all kinds of prayer, different kinds of prayer and request. With that in mind, this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So uh, different kinds of prayer. Uh, we've talked about the prayer of faith. That's a prayer you primarily pray for yourself. If you're believing God for finances, you need healing for your body, or it's a circumstantial situation you find yourself in, and you know God needs to intervene in that. Well, you pray the prayer of faith. That is, you believe that you receive the answer the moment that you pray. Generally speaking, you pray one time, and then once you pray, you you, you grab it like a dog grabs a bone and you just believe you receive and you thank God, thank God that you prayed and he heard you. You prayed and he heard you. You prayed and he heard you. And every time you think about that thing you prayed about, say, Lord, thank you. I believe I receive. That's the prayer of faith. Then the prayer of consecration. That's a prayer where, where we yield our will to God's willing. Let me insert that right now is an excellent time 
while we're hunkered down, working at home, doing all these things, and life is not yet normal, this is a great time to pray the prayer of consecration. And if you're like me, then the things, the, the, the barbs in your personality that prick other people, they tend to rise up when you're under stress. It does me. And you know what? Those are the things you take to the Lord. Say, Lord, you need to deal with me. And I give you permission to talk to me about this or this or this or this. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, you just open your life up. Jesus prayed the prayer of consecration in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, your will. He knew what was ahead of him. And, and his flesh didn't want to go through it. Sometimes we know what we need to do. And our flesh rebels and says no. And that's, that's where you know I need to pray prayer of consecration it's not a one-time prayer in fact i constantly and regularly consecrate i have to because things rise up in me and i know you know god you got to work on that that's me that's my flesh and that's my human response that's not you you want me to change that that's where you go on your face for me i kneel down somewhere and say god i got to lay all this out before you i feel this 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 and you just consecrate not my will your will be done. You don't pray that for healing. It's God's will to heal your body. You don't pray that for financial provision. It's God's will to meet your needs because the Bible says it is, etc. But you know, in these other areas of life where, where God's wanting us to consecrate and dedicate and make some changes because the way we're living hurts other people. So, so you're watching me and boy, I mean, you, you, you're, you've, had some, uh, you've had some challenges at home. And you and your wife, boy, y'all have had some divisions. And you don't know what to do about it. Let me tell you what you can do. Get on your knees and say, God, I've got to make some changes. Because any time I'm in conflict with somebody else, I can't look at them. I have to look at me. And any time there's a conflict, I have to say, God, deal with me. There's something in me you want to change. And you know, God has us in all kinds of relationships and some of them are better than others. And the ones that rub you like sandpaper, it could be God using that situation to say, okay, well, let's talk about this and make some changes in life. So that's where the prayer of consecration comes in. So again, the prayer of consecration should be paid on, prayed on a, a regular basis. The prayer of supplication, you can, you can supplicate, beg a favor for another is what it means. Or, or you could beg a favor for yourself. But generally speaking, you're praying for others. We talked about that one week. We talked about the prayer of, of intercession where the Lord really comes in, the Holy Spirit comes in and, and really helps you. Today we're going to talk about the prayer of agreement and, if we have time, united praying. We're not together, but boy, this is a really, this is a really good subject that we need to hear. Praying the prayer of agreement. Uh, have you ever heard somebody say, well, would you want you to agree with me? Now, you know what I found out? Now, now years ago, when I was young in the Lord, you know, people would talk about and teach about the prayer of agreement. I haven't heard people talk about that in recent times. But I hear people say, I want you to agree. What do you mean agree with you? Well, I want to talk to you about what the prayer of agreement brings and how it can help your life and then how to pray it, and I think it'll help you. I've got five points about this. Number one, Jesus promised that God would answer a request where two agree together in prayer. Now, that's phenomenal thought. I've got three uh, different translations. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 to 20 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you Agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now that's pretty cool. Stop right there. 
Two of you agree on earth concerning, what's the qualifier? Anything. What does anything mean? Anything means anything. Let me, there is a qualifier in the whole word of God. Anything as long as it's in line with God's will and God's word. You know, you can't pray, God, make me a multimillionaire. You might not be able to handle that. That, that might cook your goose. It just ruin you. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not disciplined. You can't pray, Lord, I want, you're single. Lord, I want that person as my spouse. You can't, they might not want you. <laughs> yeah. So everything according to the will of God. If you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, it will be done for them. Now watch this. By my Father in heaven. See, God gets involved when we agree about something. Because he's concerned about what we're concerned about. He knows the hairs on our head. He knows I have none. He knows you have a bunch. He knows all your gray hairs. But you know what? He loves you. And then Matthew, uh, and then it goes on to say, verse 24, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, now that's profound. Jesus said just two people getting together. He's right there. I don't know about you, but if you saw Jesus in visible manifestation, I promise you it would change you. You'd change what you're thinking. You'd change your behavior. Yeah, oh, it'd change you. Uh, you know, we need to think about that. He said, when you get together, I'm there. Y'all, when we get together again in this room, he's here. If you got more than one and y'all that are watching this video and you're watching me online streaming, you know what? He's there. <laughs> Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of the message. Paraphrase says, where, where, when two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it. All right. My Father in heaven gets into action. Now, that's really goes into action. Isn't that good? God goes to work when we agree about something. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure I'll be there. I love that. Then New Living Translation Two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask. My Father in heaven will do it for you. Now, that's pretty positive, isn't it? For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. So, again, that word agree, the Greek word is from two words. One word means together. The other word means to sound. It means to sound together or to be in harmony or, or to make a symphony. A symphony is, you know... And one thing about, I love music, and when I'm off by myself, sometimes I'll find some videos of a symphony. I found some recently, they were just, oh, just beautiful. I mean, you got the horns, you got the strings, you got the voices, you've got the piano. Oh, it all blends, and it makes one sound. See, that's what agreement does. You, you, you have this issue that needs to be solved when two of you make a symphony. God said, I'll be there with you, Jesus said, and then God said, I'll make sure it happens. Now, that's pretty positive. So number two, the prayer of agreement is used when you need a faith boost. Now, let me be real. All of us at times need someone to shore up our faith. If you have the idea, well, I'm a... Now, here's how a lot of Americans are. Here's the way we are. You know, I, I got this. I can do this. How you doing? I'm fine. And you're really not fine. Sometimes things come along, and I like to say it this way. If a 100-pound problem comes along... And you got 50 pound faith, you're going to have a hard time handling that problem. Did you know that? 
And if you haven't, you say, well, I, that's never happened to me. Well, then you haven't lived very long. Or you're not being honest. Because somewhere, sometime in life, something's going to come along and, and you say, man, that's, this is bigger than me. And it's bigger than, than anything I've ever experienced. That's where you can pray the prayer of agreement. There have been many times in my life that I knew I, I need somebody to show my faith up. I need, I need a person I can trust. I, I need a person that won't talk doubt and unbelief. I, I need a person that can hang in there when the going gets tough and when it looks like it's not working and believe God with me to overcome whatever this is. Now, I've had that happen any number of times in life. And I can tell, and there are a few select people that I call when, when, when problems come and I know my faith needs to be encouraged, I can go to them. And I know they won't doubt. I know they won't talk about me behind my back. I know they won't laugh about the problem. I know that they'll believe God with me. And I know they won't, they won't talk mess. I know they'll believe. And boy, that means, you don't know what that means to me. It means a lot to me. And if you've got a person like that in your life, you're a wealthy person. Because that person can be a real blessing to you, okay? So uh, this person will stand with you till the answer comes. You know, seven years ago, we're standing, I'm standing in our building. Seven years ago, we acquired this property. And, uh, and then we had to upfit the property and all. We had to get financing. You've heard my story. Some of you, uh, uh, we had to get financing for this property. And, and that all had to go through. So once we got approved and a bank said, oh, first of all, we went to 11 banks. Nine said no, basically because we weren't part of a denomination. We're an independent church. And they weren't accustomed to that. They were quite, uh, you know, they just weren't used to dealing with ent- church entities like that. So they just said, even though we had all the portfolio of information and said, you got the best information anybody's ever shown us. But they said, no. I said, well, God bless you. And so just kept, kept going to somewhere else. You know, finally we found... Uh, one that would give us partial, and then one that said, we'll give you the whole thing. So, you know, uh, in the middle of all that, I had one of my board members, Robert, and I said, Robert, I need you to agree with me. It's tough. Because it, it, it took every faith muscle I had to keep that thing moving. And it was hard every day, and the devil kept telling me, it ain't going to work, it ain't going to work. But when we agreed, you know what happened? I had somebody else, Robert, my board member, he was saying, you know what? He's now my board member, wasn't then. You know what he said? He said, uh, he said I'm agreeing with you. And so every time he would think about it, Lord, thank you for the financing coming through. When I thought about it, I'd say, Lord, Robert's agreeing with me. You know what? We got the financing. And I could tell you stories like that on and on and on again. That's, that's just how it works. So if you can find someone... <clears throat> that can stand in faith with you and agree when you're in a tough situation and you know that they will agree with you and not doubt, that's, that's a good thing. So when I'm agreeing with somebody, you know what I do? I, ser- I do it all the time. In fact, I did it this morning. I've got somebody I'm, I'm agreeing with them about some things. And when they come to my mind, I say, Lord, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, this thing came to my mind. And, and Lord, I'm agreeing. I, I'm agreeing with so-and-so. We pray this, 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 this. I believe that's happening, and I thank you. See, I, I, I don't say I believe it's going to. I said I believe it's happening. Has happened or is happening, that's faith. And I say I agree with him. Lord, thank you for honoring your word. And see, I'm agreeing. We're making a symphony. God said he'd go to work on it. So as long as you've got somebody agreeing with you, you're making a symphony. God's working on what you prayed about. You know what? That gives you encouragement. Maybe you're going through a hard time because how long is this going to last? How long are we going to be hunkered down? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be much longer. But what if you agree with somebody else? God, get me out of this. God, work away. Make a way. Help me to be able to provide for my family. Work a miracle for my business. Cause this to happen, that to happen. You know, God will go to work for you. 
And when you agree with somebody, you know what it does? It keeps your mind off the negative because you know there's somebody else in symphony with you. Does that make sense? Number three, two agreeing in prayer, watch this, creates exponential power. This is awesome. Tremendous power. There's tremendous power in unity. Now, this has always um, startled me, maybe, uh, Genesis chapter 11 after, after the flood of Noah. The Tower of Babel. I, I want to read this because the impact is tremendous. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language, used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. And in this region, this is New Living Translation, in this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Verse 4, then they said, come let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Uh, the research I've done on that astrological type tower, it's not really going to reach to heaven. They were, they were examining the signs of the zodiac. And, and the gods that they worshipped had to do with that. And it, it's really the beginning of, of idolatry. It was right there in the Tower of Babel. And, and look at what, but the thing that got me is, look what God said about it. Verse 5, but the Lord came down to look at the city. And the tower the people were building, look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. And this, after this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Now, now the thing that startles me about that is these people didn't know God. They were pagans. They were worshiping, you know, the zodiac signs. They were worshiping false gods. And God said if they would agree and be in unity, nothing would be restrained from them. See it? See the power in unity? That's the reason the enemy wants to come into a marriage and bring division. Into a family and bring division. Into a church and bring division. Into a nation and bring division. Because where, where, where there's division and disunity, there's no power. Huh? A house divided against itself cannot stand. It's a scheme of the enemy right now. Everybody's mad at everybody. It's not just political. I mean, everybody's mad about everything. And you know, it's a scheme of the enemy. But if we can unify and get together, if two of you shall agree, amazing things could happen. If it's true about these unbelievers here in the Tower of Babel, how much more if you and I as people of God just get one other person we can agree with? That's amazing results can happen. It's amazing. So look for ways you can agree. When, I, when I'm working with any group, any entity, I'm not looking for the things I disagree. What can I agree on? How can I help them? How can I make this better? I may not agree with our governor with what's going on right now, you know? How can I make this work? How can we do this? I may not agree with what's going on right now, but how can I make this work? What can I do? What part can I play? How can I get in unity? Huh? If two of you shall agree. You get it? There's power in uh, exponential power when we agree. And I encourage you during this time, resist the thoughts that come uh, just to be a cantankerous old rascal and just do your own thing because you're going to make a mess that you can't get out of. I almost want to say, thus says the Lord, but I won't. I think that's thus says Mitch. But I think I have scripture to back it up. Deuteronomy 32, 30. I've quoted this for years. This is really talking about Israel's enemies. Watch this. Israel's enemies because Israel was in disobedience. But it still says, how could one person chase a thousand of them? 
And two people put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up. God gave Israel up because of their idolatry. He said, the enemy's coming. One's going to chase 1,000. Two's going to chase 10,000 of you. Now, it's opposite, but the same thing's true. Just like the Tower of Babel, where there's unity, there's power. Even people that don't know the Lord, there's unity, there's power. And there's lots of illustrations you could use for that. Ecclesiastes 9, uh, 4, 9 through 12, New Living. Two people are better off than one. They can help each other succeed. One person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know, it may be perhaps Satan is, is, is using this time of all of us being separated, churches not being together, you know, because he realizes there's multiplied spiritual power when we're together and when we're agreeing. So maybe he's got the erroneous idea that just because you separate us, that, that if you separate us in person, we're not unified. You know, we're showing his kingdom a thing or two. You can't put the church of Jesus down. How many hear me? We'll find a way to do what we need to do. And you know what? Greater is he that's in us than you, devil, trying to dominate the world, right? So that's just the way it is. So uh, anyway, number four, the prayer of agreement can help us deal with personal pride. Now, this is a big deal right here. Hear, hear me out on this one. The American tendency is to be too independent of others. I hear people say, how you doing? Fine. I got this. Etc. And you know what? Most, most, most people that say, I'm fine, they got struggles you can't imagine. They just don't want you to know it. Or maybe you've said that yourself. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm just fine. Well, well you know, I, don't, I feel like there's, oh, no, I'm fine. But I feel like, no, I think everything's fine. No, we try to cover our weaknesses instead of expose them. My experience is if I'll expose my weakness to God's strength, and sometimes that's by confessing my fault one to another. Huh? Hello? So, you know, I need some help here. I need you to encourage me. I need you to help me. I need you to believe God with me, agree with me. Um, I think one thing that we've all learned from this current crisis we're in that, is that, that we don't do well by ourselves. I mean, honestly, I, I can tell you that I don't, you know, it bothers me mentally, emotionally. I have to keep, well, shake myself. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is this feeling? What is this melancholy thing? What is this? And I have to tell it to get, I miss my friends. I miss the people I'm normally around and, See, we're social creatures. We're not created to be isolated, right? And uh, so uh, it's not healthy. It's not good for us. And, uh, and I, think, uh, I think it's going to change how, how we live life and what we value. I think we're going to value each other more now than ever because we've experienced what life is like in isolation. Y'all, I mean, I'm, I'm 61 years old. It's never happened in my lifetime. Uh, this first time in my life, I've been separated from my church family for a month and a half. I, that's never happened to me. It's different. It's different. But, you know, it shows me what I value. And you know what it tells me? I value people. I love people. I like to be around people. We all need each other. And that unity is something that we need. That prayer of agreement can keep us together. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, Romans 15.7, passion translation. You will bring God glory when you accept and welcome one another as partners. 
just as the anointed one has fully accepted you and received you as his partner. Now, I like that. Uh, what if we're partners? That means I've got a stake in the game. You've got a stake in the game. We're working together. Man, something big can happen, right? That's what happens when you agree with somebody. There's explosive power. It brings unity together. So let me ask you this question. So, so let me go a little further here. 1 Corinthians 12. Here's a, the I can never uh, say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually most necessary. The parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that, we sh- that should not be seen while the most honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. One part is honored, all the parts are glad. So again, you know, prayer of agreement helps us deal with personal pride and shows us that we're interconnected with others and let me tell you my experience there's been times in my life that you know I felt like I had this whatever this was whether it was healing or finances or a circumstance but I heard the Lord say Mitch you need to go get a prayer partner to agree with you and I knew why he said it now here's how when the Lord speaks to you you know intuitively why he's saying what he's saying God can say something and he'll use your vernacular your your language um the way you think, and he'll say something, and the moment he says it, you know exactly what he's saying. That's just the way he is. Like when your mama calls you. My mama had a way of calling me while I was a boy. She said my name a certain way. I knew, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. Or if she said it another way, it's like something good's about to happen. Well, when God speaks, you know. And there have been times for me, it's like, you know, I need to deal with some pride. Obviously, God's got, got me. I need to deal with some pride. So I humble myself Go to another person because we're interconnected with others and two are better than one. And, and you know, and, and I agree and, and God helps me. So you may find that if you're an independent soul and you constantly say, and I got this, I don't need nobody. Well, you don't know how needy you are. You're a very needy person. If you never need another person, it's a telltale sign that pride is ruling who you are. You know, that's my life. I, I'm a really independent, as Susan, I am a really independent person. But sometimes I have to say, Susan, I can't do this. And uh, do I like it? Uh-uh. I won't go into detail, but my, my appendix ruptured mid-flight on the way to India one time. And, uh, and uh, let me just say that I could do, and I was in the hospital for nine days. I could do nothing for myself. Read between the lines. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Susan did everything for me. Y'all, it humbled me in ways you don't imagine. And it changed my life. I was 44 years old when that happened. It changed my life. You think you don't need somebody? God's going to put you into place or make sure you find a spot where you're going to have to say help somehow because you can't get out of the hole by yourself. See, I'm speaking to a person right now. You're having problem after problem. You've gone from business to business. You've grown from relationship to relationship because that's your attitude. I got this. Well, if you got it, why isn't it working out? God's trying to speak. Let someone else into your life. 
See, this prayer of agreement I'm talking about, it's awesome. It's a great way to say, God, I'm not smart enough, wise enough, strong enough. On my own, I need help. And y'all, all of us need that. American culture, maybe we're learning a lesson right now. We need others. We really, really need each other. So, my, my. Number five, the prayer of agreement counteracts the discord so prevalent in our world today. I love this. How many know challenges can bring us together? Acts 2, I love this. The believers formed a community there in Acts right after the day of Pentecost. All the believers devoted themselves, verse 42, Acts 2, uh, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper. And a prayer and a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So again, the prayer of agreement, it helps, it helps deal with uh, the discord that is so prevalent even in the church today. Get somebody you can agree with. Find a prayer partner you can agree with. Agree with your pastor. Agree with the, uh, with the, with the people in your small group that you're in. Agree with them in some way. Don't be a person of disunity. Be a, be a person of unity. So um, the next thing, I'm going to do this fairly quickly. I, I want to talk about united praying. And, and let me encourage you, um, when we have prayer times, and we always have a prayer time here at 9 o'clock on Saturdays, and you know what? I'm still praying on Saturdays at 9. I have purpose that I'm not stopping, and I do. But you know what? When you get together with others and pray, you can pray by yourself, and there's a measure of anointing. There's a measure of the presence of God. I feel that. You feel that. But when you pray with somebody else, something different happens. There is an increased anointing. There's an increased power. There's an exponential increase. You create a power zone. I've studied the history in my studies and getting my degrees and all that. I had two, um, I had two classes on the history of revival and as I studied there, and, and, you, and you look back through church history of 2,000 years, over and over again there was a pattern. When believers got together in unison and prayed, several authors said basically the same thing. They created a zone of spiritual life, a zone of spiritual power. And anybody that got close to that got affected by it. And people by score in droves would would, would, would be born again, would fall under conviction of sin. And it's because, all because of the united praying of the believers together. Uh, just listen, we'll, I'm going to run through this fairly quickly and we'll be done. They all met together, Acts 1.14, were united in prayer, united praying. So we talked about the prayer of agreement. Let's talk about praying together, united in a united way, together. Along with Mary, mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus, and because they were together, things happened. Uh, arriving there, it says it again, uh, Passion Translation. Arriving there, they went into a large second floor room to pray. Those present gives their names Peter, John, Jacob, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, Jacob, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, the son of Jacob, number of women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. His brothers were there also. All of them, watch, were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. You know, when you get together, there's a, there's a power 
that comes available. Acts 2.42, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing their communion uh, and coming together regularly for prayer. There was a united praying going on in the early church, and it created a power zone, as it were, in Jerusalem. And people were getting born again. People were getting healed. The man at the gate, beautiful, in Acts chapter 3, was healed. It stirred up religious opposition, but they just kept praying together. Listen to their prayer in Acts 4, Passion Translation. As soon as they were released from custody... Peter and John went to the other believers, explained all that had happened with the high priest and elders. When the believers heard the report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed, Lord Yahweh, you are Lord of all. You created the spirit, universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, everything in them. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefathers, saying, How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand with the rulers, scheming and conspiring together against God and His anointed Messiah. In fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Jews and non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus the Messiah. They, uh, they did to Him all that you purpose. And will your purpose and will are determined according to the destiny you marked out for him. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through, through us to heal it. Move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. Man, power came. They were in get together. And verse 31, at that moment, the earth shook beneath them. Oh, causing the building they were in to tremble. A small earthquake happened, y'all, because they prayed. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. They proclaimed the word of God uh, with unrestrained boldness. I'll let you read the rest. That power came when they were united in prayer. There's something about praying together. What we don't realize is, see, see, when we're together in this room, we create an atmosphere. Any room you go into, any store you go into, you ever walked into somebody's house and, and, and oh, please come in, and you know them, they know you, but you walk in that, the moment you walk in, mm, there's a stiff atmosphere. Wrong words have been said. You can feel it, right? Or, or, or you can, maybe, maybe at your business where you work, there was a big meeting, everybody's there, and you're a little bit late, you walk in, the moment you walk in, it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. See, there's an atmosphere created by the people present. Or, or let's look at it on the positive. You come into a place where God is. You come to a place. That's why we need to be together as believers. There is the presence of God that comes in a way that will never come when you're by yourself. Because we create a container, a place where God can manifest himself in a much fuller and stronger way when we're together. And that's why it's important that we get back together. How many hear me? And so he says here in Ephesians 2, you're no longer strangers, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the chief's cornerstone. And he said all that to say, in whom the whole building fitly uh, being fitted together grows to a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are being built for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. We create a dwelling place of God when we're together. So when we get together in services, when we get back together, you're going to sense some power because we create a, a place for the Spirit of God to manifest in. New International Version says we're, we're being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. 
Now that's interesting. So, so uh, any church you go in, you can go in a church and it's a, a, a stilted religious service and you feel just kind of stymied. Or you can go in another place and you feel free. Who you are creates the atmosphere. How many hear that? We create a place that God do well. Let me end this by saying this. Uh, there's great power in United Praying. 2001, I did some extended praying. Uh, that year was an unusual year to begin with. And I started praying. I would get off. We were, we were at the shopping center. We had four bays. And one bay we rented from the rental company was separate from the three that were ganged together to have church. And the youth and all met there. And we had some children's ministry there. But I would go there during the week. And I would just go and hang out with God to be by myself where nobody could hear me. And I was over there in that bay. And I was... Uh, and I was just, you know, I wanted to pray. And usually when I pray, I pray and then I read, pray and read, pray and read. And that's just how I get my inspiration. So uh, I was doing that one day and I was praying and I was praying in the spirit. And I will never forget, my goodness, I kept hearing prayers like water. I said, huh? And I'd pray in the spirit again and I would hear these words. Prayer is like water. And I just keep praying. I say, okay, all right, what, what are you saying to me? Prayers like water. I kept hearing that phrase, and y'all, I promise. I had a stack of books because I'd read a chapter out of one, read a chapter. It was just my devotional time. Read a chapter, and listen to this. I, uh, <laughs> I opened this book. No kidding. I don't suggest you do this, but it happened to me. I, I opened up this book by E.M. Bounds, and I just kept hearing, prayer is like water. And listen to what I, I wrote down what I read. Listen to this. It's from E.M. Bounds. His book, The Weapon of Prayer, page 139. I just opened it up, said, well, I just read. And here's what I read. That the apostolic preacher must have the prayer of others, good people. To give his ministry its full quota of success, Paul is the preeminent example. He asked, he coveted, he pleaded in an impassioned way for the help of all God's saints. He knew that in the spirit realm as elsewhere, listen, in union, their strength. That the con consecration and aggregation, the putting together of faith, desire, and prayer, increased the volume of spiritual force until it became overwhelming in its power. And I could not believe what I read next. The next sentence. Units of prayer combined like drops of water make an ocean that defies resistance. Oh, I said, God, what do you say? He was saying, you get your folk together to pray. You pray alone, it's like a drop of water. It's like a drop of rain. You know, in, uh, in caves, if you've been to some of the caves in North Carolina, you got stalactites, stalagmites. Some hang from the ceiling. Some, because of the mineral deposits over uh, hundreds and thousands of years, drip, 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 create those beautiful things that hang from the ceiling or come up from the floor. And, and, and that's what happens with one drop of water. It takes a long time. But, you know, water is eight pounds per gallon. And, and if you've had my experience, you can get out in the ocean and that you don't tell the water where to go. It tells you where to go. Or like me when I was a little guy, when I was in my 20s in Tulsa, uh, we were raised in a place that was flat and we never had flash floods, but Tulsa was known for flash floods. I got in my car one morning going to work to the church I worked at. And before you can say, scat, my front headlights are underwater. I said, Lord Jesus, what do I do now? And then my red light engine light came on. So my engine's about to cut off. And all I said was, Jesus, help me. And I backed out of the water. But my, my car started moving. And it was going to move off the road. And you know, I could have died that day. I'm here. But it showed me the power of water. 
units of prayer combined like drops of water make an irresistible power. No, we can change. How many know God wants to change the United States of America? How many know God wants to change the world? Well, let's get together and pray. Well, right now, we're going to close the service. I went a little long, but I had a good time. <laughs> I want to do this. Can we agree? If you're feeling what I'm feeling, it's like it's time for this to be done. It's time to get back to work. It's time to get back with my friends. It's time to, you know, just get out and enjoy a meal in a restaurant somewhere. It's time to get together for church, right? W- would you mind agreeing with me? How about, how about everybody, if you're in the room, we just got a couple of people helping us on the stage and stuff. Stand up. Let's agree. Let's agree. Can y'all agree with me? Let's agree that God's going to do something amazing that brings people to Jesus. Can we do that? Can we pray the prayer? Would you pray with me? Let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to close the service by praying the prayer of agreement. Here's what's going to happen. Every time you get aggravated because this thing ain't over yet, remind the Lord, I agreed with Pastor Mitch. God, you're doing something amazing in the middle of this. And there's going to be a move of the Spirit of God all over America, in towns, in cities, all over this nation. People are coming to Jesus. There's a spiritual awakening. Will you agree? Well, Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. Lord, just like we mentioned, you said if two of us agree as touching anything we ask, Lord, you said it would be done for us of our Father in heaven. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you, may there come a grand conclusion to this thing we're in. May I feel like it's going to end abruptly. It's just going to end. Lord, may it end that way. May it end. May we get back to normal. With our, with our jobs, with our, what we do, with our socializing, with our church life. And Lord, in the middle of all that, may there be a grand move of God. Another awakening in America and across the world. In the name of Jesus. Now, now say it out loud. Lord, I agree with Pastor Mitch, according to the Word of God, that what we're in will end sooner rather than later. And it will bring a great awakening. And Lord, we agree, bring it to pass. Thank you for going to work on it right now.